listening to keep waiting longer and longer to drop that up and drop the curtain on the show. I know they do. I you know. guys are missing out on all our sick moves up here. We got to <laughs> drop that in two seconds. Two seconds. That thing's gone. I want to dissolve. I'm Dooner here without Michael Vincent, the dude. You're wasting all this energy up here, brother. I mean, you know, and we're bringing it on a Monday. A I know. Beautiful you, Monday in Chattanooga. I love seeing what you were doing. You must have had some, uh, some candy to get your blood sugar. I, I am. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm on a sugar rush, my friend. I think so. Well, the, the, the <laughs> list of top Halloween candy was put out this year, and I love to look out for this thing. But uh, I'm a little annoyed by uh, my new my new Homeland pick. At Tennessee had candy corn as the number one Halloween candy. How do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah. I, when I saw it, I was a little bit. Yeah, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I'm disappointed in the people of Tennessee or whoever answered this thing. And it's a little. Con- you know what? I'm, I'm a little more than that. Yeah, I'm a little bit offended. Actually, I think okay. we should start a campaign to change it next year. Well, what, what, what would say? you What would you put? Well, I mean, I mean, if you look at the list here, I mean, I'm I'm all down with Swedish fish or or Butterfingers or even Snickers. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Well, I, what would you put on? Well, see, here's the thing. There's a couple things on here that really sketch me out. You have like the candy corn. I don't like anything that's too loose, like candy corn. Yeah. Is someone coming to the door and you have to stick your hand in a bowl of candy corn, or are they putting it outside <laughs> the house? West Virginia has Oreos, which really kind of creeps me out. You go to their door and they hand you like. The actual cookie box, and you have to grab a couple out of there. Maybe yeah, a communal yeah, maybe cup of milk. A com- yeah, dip it in a communal cup yeah. of milk. Exactly. Yeah. Get your uh, coronavirus immunity up and all that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I one thing I do like. Uh, we get a hundred grand on here, right? In Minnesota, I, I like do that. Like those. I like that because I only have a hundred grand like every every Halloween. And uh, take five, another one. Good seasonal candy. Yeah. Don't have it most of the year. The weirdest one for me, though, was Arizona. Like, they're flexing with the Tublerone. That's the candy you find <laughs> in hotel rooms for, like, $9 yeah. a box. Your parents don't let you get it when you're a kid. When you're an adult, you don't let your kids get it. Hey, I mean, exactly. I mean, talk about the tale of two different places. Georgia's got pixie sticks. Yeah. And Arizona whips out the Toblerone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And okay. everyone had the friend on Halloween who'd, like, just try to do, like, a line of the pixie sticks. That wasn't me. Yeah. Not but I have either. dared people to do it. Of course. It's kind of fun. Well, on today's episode, <laughs> aside from Halloween candy, we're talking about if uh, now is the time to sell your trucking company, the verdict in an embezzlement bus, the scary state of air freight, recruiting hacks, the wheel of stupid questions. We have a play it forward, right? We're going to talk about how lasers are targeting uh, tailgating truckers. Mall Santas, are they getting a vaccine? We'll find out. Bean. And uh, glitter bands, banning glitter too. A lot going on today. But first, let's tip the band. TriumPay partners with brokers and shippers to process carrier payments. With nearly 80,000 carriers paid, TriumPay provides a simple solution for your carriers to manage their payments in one place. With TriumphPay, carriers can upload and submit paperwork, manage their payments, and connect to brokers directly from anywhere to learn more. Tell them, dude. Visit TriumphPay.com immediately following the show. Immediately. Yeah, get right out there. Also, like, that was you in LinkedIn. Hey, man. Good senior Corey Albert says, what's up, guys? He says he sees Reese's Pieces, but not the the mini Reese's Cups or the Halloween pumpkins. Yeah, the pumpkins are a good choice. I will, I'll give I'm, you that I'm one, I'm with Corey. him on that. I'm with him on that. The pieces, though, are disappointed to me. It's not the same peanut butter, I don't think. You know what's better? Eminem tried like the uh, like a peanut butter M M&M and M for a yeah, while. That yeah. that was pretty good. Yeah. All right, folks, let's get to the headlines. We don't have our soundboards. So we'll have to acapella. Boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. All right, get this story. PCT trucking payroll manager gets two years for embezzlement. John Kingston reports a woman pleaded guilty in July to embezzlement of more than four hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars from a Utah trucking company. She's been sentenced to two years in federal prison, according to local media accounts. Danielle Abbott. 
Abacadabra? No, Abacadabra Roberts of St. George, Utah, last week received this 24-month statement that was recommended by federal prosecutors for the embezzlement she did. So what was the crime? Oh, yeah. So in... So she was payroll manager from 2016 to, through June. So um, according to the court, she well, she was uh, what was she doing? She was creating false receipts for uh, expenses for drivers. And then yeah. she disabled the uh, system from notifying them of payments. And then she was having them sent to third party in different different accounts and embezzling this money. But um, I'm going to go with a patica. Okay. Sure. (laughs) Just to be different. So Patica Roberts requested uh, five years probation or at the most a jail sentence of 12 months and a day, which I I'm I'm not sure what that is. Where the day fits in. Uh, Sounds like a love song. Like I'll love you for the rest of my life and a day and a day. Okay. Yeah, maybe. But according to uh, court docs, she spent the money on herself, her family, including losing approximately $20,000 in gambling. She also failed to report any of the stolen money on her tax returns. Wow. Well, so she kind of outlaid right? So the uh, the court documents say that she had, as you mentioned, she had these false reimbursements for truck drivers. Instead, she, they were paid directly to her, so she get paid for gas and all sorts of other things, right? Gate in, gate out, all that. She uh, disabled that system, as you mentioned, so when she would get paid back, nobody would know. Nobody would know. And she tries to position herself as a bit of a Robin Hood in the story. She said yeah. that, well, yeah, I did steal the money, but I only used it to help out, um, you know, a daughter who was in a bad relationship and uh, paid some people's bills. However, $20,000 in gambling expenses. Well, I mean, that was a good friend of hers who was down on her luck. Yeah. She just happened to be a blackjack dealer. Yeah. So which <laughs> Robin Hood is she was. like? The, the folklore or the, uh, the trading app? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, how dare she not claim that on her taxes? Hey, what do you think here? This Canadian trucking CEO, he says that many companies want to sell north of the borders. The CEO of Mullen Group, right, he said that Canadian trucking and logistics companies are currently inundated with acquisition opportunities from firms that are looking to jump into the business. And it seems like maybe a little bit strange during the economic turmoil of COVID-19. But Murray Mullen told financial analyst during a conference call on Thursday. He said, I ask myself, why are so many companies all of a sudden on the block? My instincts are telling me that 2021 is going to be a great year of opportunity, especially as government support payments start to run out. Then it's back to basics. Are, are you better and you better have a good business model like we do? Yeah. So is he saying that 2021 is a better opportunity to purchase these companies because of the government stimulus or the backup will be gone? Is that what he's saying? And things will be back to basics? I think that's what he's saying. So okay. if you think that your company is surviving yeah. on that stimulus, right, and yeah. you're surviving on high rates that you might be seeing right now, it might be a good time to sell out while you're, while you're at a peak. Yeah. So that would be the reason. People are putting that out there and hopefully somebody's going to gobble them up while their books look so great they get a higher multiple on their sale of their company, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I mean, if we look at 2019 right here in the United States, you had 2018 banner year, but then all of a sudden driver pay started to really get escalated. You pay all those bonuses. That's right. People expanded their fleets, all those record number of truck orders, all those record number of trailer orders. But then in 2019, the bill came. A lot of trucking companies couldn't afford it. They went out of business. So having that being so close in the rearview mirror, it might be attractive in uh, acquisition opportunities. Someone comes up to you and is offering you the right price. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, less than 12 months ago, things weren't so rosy for, for carriers or brokers. Yeah. Uh, the pri- you know, prices were down. They were struggling. And then when COVID hit, they thought it was going to be even worse. But it happened to be a boon for the industry, actually. But, yeah, you're exactly right. You got competing for driver, driver wages, money running out from the, uh, from the government. Uh, will this 
economic boom keep keep going into 2021 and past the first quarter, et cetera, and maybe now's the time to jump out. I don't know. Sell high is what I have been told, Dooner. Sell high <laughs> is what you've been told. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, well, I mean, look, here, here's the thing. When, when that bill comes, it can cost a lot of money. I believe we have a, a, I believe we have a guest coming up. It's uh, Brian Schreiber, manager of air cargo business development at Columbus Regional Airport Authority. Brian, are you there? I am. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. How, how's it going, Brian? How's, uh, how are things over in that Ohio area? You had uh, a kind of a battle of Ohio over the weekend. We had uh, Ohio State, you know, crushing Nebraska. But then you had uh, that exciting uh, Bengals-Browns game. We had the uh, battle of the bottom of the AFC North this past weekend, and I am a Browns fan, so I'm happy. Yeah, my, myself as well. I was I was shocked that they were able to come out right in the last last seconds of the of the game to pull that out. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it didn't start off too well, but it ended okay. Yeah, it ended it ended just fine. It ended just fine. Did you catch Ohio State Nebraska? Of course, yeah. Of Sky, course, right here. Oh, 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 oh. Right well, on. don't say it too loud. We don't need Emily Zink to start getting a. You know, <laughs> I did send her a text. Uh, I, I know just you sent did. Fifty-two yes. seventeen. Yeah, you're That's in the Slack channel harassing people on the <laughs> yeah. weekend about it. Yeah. Jeez, it's it stings deep. Well, at least for her. I don't care. I didn't go there. <laughs> oh, so, so Brian, let's talk to you for a minute here. Rickenbacker, you have a new partnership with Korean Air Cargo. Tell us about it. Yeah, so Korean Air um, started service here about uh, last month at six times frequency a week out of Seoul, South Korea. They're um, Air Cargo World's Air Cargo Airline of the Year for this year. So we're very happy to add them to our portfolio. And they're carrying a variety of retail and auto and electronics into Columbus, Ohio for distribution across the eastern U.S. So that's interesting. You, you mentioned in the, co- uh, the, the uh, commodities that they're bringing, uh, bringing across, because I wanted to ask that. I know everybody's interested. What's the, how's the PPE demand? And, you know, we've got this, you know, third wave or second wave of COVID kind of hitting, hitting around. Uh, what have you heard and what are you seeing with the commodities, the, the percentages, different commodities that are coming in air? So the PPE pretty much dried up in August and September. It was done definitely by September, and we're not seeing much, if at all, of that. But we are, you know, on standby to see what happens with the second wave of COVID. But there were so many 747s full of PPE coming into the United States. I've got to believe the warehouses are still overflowing at this point. So we're seeing real a real retail peak. It's um, I'll kind of I think some of the some of the retailers were a little apprehensive about what this peak season might be like and. You know, the leading up to Christmas peak, you traditionally think about it, the package peak, you know, your FedExes and your UPSs going all over the place. We really see an earlier one, in, which is the warehouse stocking peak. And we're seeing that right now. And uh, I think with the back to school situation was delayed. So now kids are starting to go back to school and buying clothes online again. And uh, we're, it's really hitting air cargo pretty hard. It's uh, rates are going up in Asia again uh, and the planes are rocking and rolling. Wow. So, I mean, we you've been on here a few times. and We've got to chronicle this journey throughout COVID and the challenges through the lens of the Columbus Regional Airport uh, Authority and yourself. So what is what is passenger traffic look like right now and what does cargo traffic look like over at the airport? Sure. So passenger traffic is still down substantially. I think we're only about maybe 30 percent of what we were at this time last year. Um, and that leads to an air cargo crunch because half of the air cargo of travels in the bellies of passenger planes globally. Um, so anything with wings, uh, they are employing to carry freight, including taking the seats out of passenger planes right now. And those Korean aircraft that are coming in from Seoul actually have the the uh, the main cabin seats removed and they're having palletized freight put on the floors and netted down. 
Hey, I was going to ask that about the about the changes or the uh, retrofitting or changes to the passenger. Uh, that's that's very very interesting. What are you looking at for tight uh, the tightness going into the holiday season? Uh, you, you expect it to get high, uh, tighter, I would imagine. And are you doing any preps or seeing anything in the way of uh, stress due to put potential vaccine distribution via air? We are anxiously awaiting some particulars on vaccine transportation. You may have seen a number of publications on the air cargo side lately saying there's there's not a lot of information that's actionable at this point, i.e., where's the vaccine going to come from? What are the handling requirements going to be? But the whole industry is in this let's get ready mode, um, but they still don't know where it's going to come from. They don't know if it's going to be a refrigerated or a deep freeze transportation. And then we're starting to hear that some will roll out maybe as early as late November, early December. Uh, that'll go right into the the package peak, if you will. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting end of the year, to put it lightly. What do you foresee as the biggest challenge that you and your team will face as we enter the holiday season? Uh, if the vaccines come out during a traditional holiday peak, it'll be it'll be pretty tight. But it's already tight right now. Uh, there's essentially no more ocean capacity left out of Asia. Um, so a lot of the companies are converting to air and it's been pretty busy. So if you throw vaccine transportation on top of that, um, it's going to be pretty interesting, particularly for what they call the integrated carriers, which is your FedExes, your UPSs, your DHLs of the world, because they're going to be carrying your holiday packages right up till Christmas. Right. So, uh, you throw a vaccine and they're also expected to take the first wave of vaccine. Those are the carriers that, that, that they're saying potentially that as the vaccine comes out, there they'll be the first carriers for that. So you combine the two and, um, I think it's got, it's great opportunity in the air freight world, but it's also, uh, making everybody a little on edge. Interesting. Now you're mentioning, you know, obviously we all know that, uh, ocean capacity is extremely tight, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so, right. yeah, so that would cause things that would normally go ocean, I would guess to go air. Right. And, and then you've got also this change of the type of capacity that's coming into Rickenbacker. You're not used to having a double deck, I would imagine, with with seats removed. What kind of special challenges does that present to you guys as you get these uh, refitted passenger cargo airplanes? Right. They're, they're, and, and also the change uh, in, in commodities coming in. Is that is that normal or does that uh, present some challenges there? Uh, definitely challenges. We are a retail heavy town, so we have 90 million square feet of distribution space right around the Rickenbacker Airport. And these are distribution centers that require people to be, you know, in them and be staffed and they staff up for peak. You throw the passenger, what we call the passenger freighters or the cargo in cabin or the mini freighters, whatever each particular airline is calling them into the mix. And those are about three times more labor intensive to handle than a traditional freighter. A traditional freighter, it's got automated systems. You control it with a joystick. It moves the pallets around inside the plane, scoots them out onto a lift and down to the ground, and away they go. On these passenger cabin-loaded aircraft, uh, it's manual labor. It's it's a crew of people inside the airplane passing boxes or putting boxes on on slides and and, and sending them out the door, but it takes three times the amount of people to do it. Mm. Fortunately, we've got a pretty flexible staff and have been pretty innovative at, at getting people. I come in on occasion. I'll probably be here for a couple of them uh, tomorrow, a couple of them next week, and it's all hands on deck right now. Well, that, I mean, that seems like a great opportunity for you know some of this warehouse tech we're seeing, some yeah. of this, uh, this automation. If this if this cargo situation where we're putting cargo in more and more planes is is that an opportunity to develop better systems for for doing this, or do you think this is only a short term thing? What have we learned from this pandemic? We're 
We're learning quickly. Um, and, and the funny thing is you got to go through, you know, an airline's engineering team and floor loading studies and all that other stuff to put equipment inside an airplane. You know, so the passenger configurations present a little bit of a challenge because of the aisleways. You know, there's still a galley in those air, in those airplanes. And depending on what configuration they're in, they may be too narrow to fit, you know, equipment in and those types of considerations. So it's uh, probably they're probably going to be with us through 2021, though. That's at least what the airlines are telling us. So we're going to be either used to handing boxes to each other or we're going to find other ways. Right now, we are innovating with some of the airlines um, allowing us to bring temporary equipment on board that it accelerates the offload. Wow. But the more cargo you get, the harder that is to scale, just yeah. with the, the the challenge of having to uh, hand bring it on. You know, I'm glad you brought that up when we talked to you, too. It's so obvious when, like, talking to you and you, and you bring it up. But when I've been reading articles and stuff, I didn't even think, I didn't even take into consideration just the challenge of actually getting the cargo into the airline itself oh, and yeah. how challenging that can be. But then it's like, have you ever gotten an airplane trying to put your bag in the overhead? I mean, you know, <laughs> now try to do it with... Uh, 10,000 of them. <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, Ryan, thanks for joining us, man. How do people reach out? How do they learn more and take advantage of what you offer over at uh, Columbus Regional Airport? Sure. It's a uh, website is Rick and Backer, like the guitar, but not the guitar. Rick and Backer Advantage.com. And my contact information is on there and you can find out more about us through there. Wait a second. Wait a minute. You, so you know what a Rick and Backer guitar is. Oh, yeah, do you does. play an instrument? I dabbled in guitar a little bit when I was in high school. Let's okay. just, that's about as far as it went. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you for your time today. We really appreciate it. You too. Thanks. Nice to see you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. I, th- I thought we almost stepped a, in it, man. I thought we almost had a, a play it forward guest, too. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I think you will. Uh-oh. They're going to want me to play. No, I don't play guitar. I just don't know where the Rick is. You know, though, like we, th- this hadn't come up before, you know, when we, when we talked about the putting air cargo on the planes. And like mm-hmm. I was saying to him, it's, it's really obvious when you think about it, but man, what a pain and what a hard thing to scale just oh, yeah. getting the cargo on there. Like you have to, you have to make it part of your business if this is something that's really going to continue on. But that's not really what I, I don't think the airports want to do. They want people sitting on those seats. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And we didn't get a chance to ask him, but it, it you know, the, the difference between Rickenbacker and, and other airport, you know, it's a freight airport. Yeah. So it's not like Atlanta or, you know, Cleveland International or, or, or Knoxville or something like that is going to suddenly be able to take these, you know, Korean Air or something like that with the seats removed and start moving. They're not set up for that type of yeah. stuff. And I'm wondering if some of those airlines, as they see that the passenger uh, is not going to come back for some time, at least not to the levels it was, are they going to make, you know, a way to be able to handle some of that and, and get some revenues out of moving some freight. I don't know. I can see why it's hard for them to completely decide on that, though, because of uh, the logistics just involved, what we're outlining yeah. here. I mean, uh, you're talking about a lot of airports who would have to retrofit. Rickenbacker would have it a lot easier because they could be a freight hub, but a lot of this freight moves through domestic hubs, through passenger hubs, through all that kind of stuff. Could make it a big challenge. You know, we are going to remove the B from Ryan Schreiber, from Brian Schreiber and bring on Ryan Schreiber right now. We <laughs> said we'd do it this I'm is so, the uh the I'm hour so, of shrivers i'm so confused so we had we had let's bring him up why Come are you on, doing this to me on a monday ryan, ryan not, is it ryan or ryan who's on first ryan schreiber it's mr schreiber there he is <laughs> see they look different I you can see once you, now I've with video before, we can tell them apart yeah i've said before that uh it's pretty amazing how much one extra letter really gets you i mean i don't know that's a tough act to follow there pretty smart guy really <laughs> well, interesting you, stuff you told me that best the, 
you told me this was your dream to be on the same episode. This, so this, this could be a, a, a family reunion of Shrivers. <laughs> Is that right? Of, I'm trying to get proof of concept here for Emily for us to get our own show, as I said in the comments on the LinkedIn post. But uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> the Shriver <laughs> show. You know, I recently did 23andMe, and he didn't come up on my matches on 23andMe. So I don't know. Maybe he's a fraud. You gave, you just gave your DNA. I got to talk to you off air about that. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to be mad at you though. Just telling you, be mad at you. <laughs> why why are you mad at him for what, the oh. DNA test? Don't do the DNA test. People yeah. don't do it. Don't do it. I don't want to get all the way. It's deep too late. It. Just trust me. Trust me. I know a little bit about insurance. Don't do it. Uh, <laughs> you're a director of engagement or equivalent to carrier direct. You're also founded a company called kinetic. You're doing all sorts of things out there, but before we even get into any of that garbage, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a quiz and uh, I hope you can answer this one. Right. So you, oh, Here's a quote. Who said this? You only aim for the flag when you're trying to hit it to oh, the yeah. flag. Marvin Mandel. Wise man. My grandfather, Marvin Mandel, said that uh, to me one time when we were playing golf. Guy was a scratch golfer until he died. He died at 93 about a year and a half ago. And uh, scratch golfer until the day he died. And he had some really great advice. And that was one of them. Good advice for golf. Good advice for life. <laughs> it absolutely yeah. it absolutely is i'm trying i'm racking my brain to figure did tiger wood say that was it tom watson was it <laughs> who, who who was it sam sneed maybe yeah. said that um yeah, yeah. i was hoping he'd get that one <laughs> if no. i didn't that would have been really embarrassing yeah well i mean that's a mistake that all amateur golfers do is try and hit that flag when you really just aim for the middle of the green until you you know until the camera's on you on sunday you really should just be aiming for the middle of the green right <laughs> Yeah, right, let's get to business. Let's get yeah. to business, Ryan. What companies, what have you been advising companies on lately? And also, what's this new project, Kinetic, that you're working on? Yeah, that's, uh, so with Carrier Direct, we've been spending a lot of time working with companies on uh, really two big things that have come up a ton um, are tech strategy. Like, this is a really big point uh, uh, for tech strategy right now. Like, where do I invest my technology and software dollars, whether I'm buying or I'm building? How do I prioritize? Uh, those things. And then uh, a lot on organizational redesign and particularly with compensation. Like it's just an opportunity, especially with as hot as the market is uh, for people to take a look at like who's doing what roles because everybody's just as busy as they can possibly be. And then making sure you align comp right to that. Kinetic is a project. I, I co-founded the company with a friend of mine, Nick Dangles. I, I'm mostly uninvolved, but but it's really, it, it talks on the, it touches on the tech front. It's helping freight tech companies uh, helping freight tech companies and and uh, and transportation providers kind of come together because one of the things we've seen is that uh, there's just too much technology out there right now for people to pick through and figure out what works together. Um, so helping freight tech companies kind of message their product better and help people understand what they're trying to do and then actually get adoption at the seat level. Uh, so that's kinetic. That's interesting because we've talked about that many a times with the, the, the tech and trying to decide which tech is out there and trying yeah. to get them all integrated. That was a big theme in, in several of our events and, and certainly throughout the, the freight world, the integration of all these different technologies. And we've had many, many people talk about, you know, if you're gathering all this data and you've got all this tech, if you don't have a plan to actually use it to optimize efficiencies and reduce those costs, that's, that's a major challenge. So it sounds like Kinetic, that's what you're trying to do there. What are some of the mistakes that people make when they're choosing tech or bringing tech into their, into their company? Yeah, that's a really great question, Michael. I mean, really like the, the biggest problem is just picking what's sexy, right? And, uh, and, and a lot of times, a lot of times the uh, managers or the like leaders in the company, they think they, 
used to do the job, so they know the job today, and it's different, right, at the seat level. And so really selling it, both the tech companies themselves and the companies that are buying the software, um, really selling it to the C-level employee and understanding how they get it, the adoption, and then understanding how your suite of software works together. You have a bunch of different tools and understanding how each one of those tools should fit together to drive a user at the seat level's uh, ability to do their job better. Because uh, sometimes you'll pick two pieces of software that do different things um, and think they're going to work together perfectly, but because of the workflows or because of the user interfaces or something, it really just adds additional problems to the user's day. Wow. Well, that's that's the last uh, good question. You complimented his question. That's the last good question you're going to get. <laughs> I'll, I'll, warm you, I'll warm you up first before we spin this wheel, right? When you eat tacos, for the wheel. when you eat tacos, <laughs> right? This is your warm up. When you eat tacos, do you tilt your head or do you tilt the taco? Uh, you know, I eat tacos a lot, obviously, living in Texas now. And I would say it's probably 70, 30 toward tilting the taco. Kind of depends, right? Hard shell, you got to tilt your head, but soft shell, you roll it up a little bit more, tilt yeah. the taco. All right. I like how he clarified there. I, I'm 100% yeah, I mean, with him. Specific. Yeah. Especially sure. being in Texas. So what you moved, when did you move from Chicago to Texas? About, uh, about two months ago, at the end of August, my wife and I moved down here to Texas. It's been great. Had tamales for breakfast this morning, eating tacos all the time. Some of the other food leaves something to be desired from Chicago, but, uh, but that's definitely been an improvement. Okay. All right. Well, it's, it sounds like it's all good so far. No, we'll, no Portillas down there in, in Texas, I guess. We'll, we'll spin this wheel. Mm-hmm. All, right. all right. Let's see where we're coming up. So we had a couple of new questions on here, too, over the weekend. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know what? We've already done this. We've already done this one. We've already done this one. Should You've I spin cheated one? before, okay. man. Right. Go for it. Yeah, I'm gonna, spin I'll it spin it one more time. I'll spin good. it one more time. That was You're the wrestling the gimmick one. one we were into. All right. All right. All right. All right. Oh, this is right. This is better on topic, too. Uh, what? What's... Okay, what's the worst thing that you could give out on Halloween? Candy corn. Oh, yeah! 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 Yeah, I mean, for sure. We were going over that on on Twitter this weekend, Dooner, but, like, just without a question, candy corn. Close second, apples. You know, anything healthy. This is freaking Halloween, right? Like, come on. What are you trying to do? Candy corn, I don't think is. The block (laughs) is so cool, and you want to, like, help kids, you know? Childhood obesity is a big problem. We're not solving it with one house on Halloween, right? Like, come on, give up the candy. <laughs> yeah, no, I got to agree with him. I got to agree. I mean, well, we, his, his future Texans are going to be a little upset with him. Did they not pick candy they corn? They pick candy corn. Yes, they did. They pick they candy did corn. Pick candy corn, which is why my wife and I are moving out of Texas here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to come to Chattanooga, but they, even if you did, you'd have the same problem where I guess we're yeah, same candy, candy corn, corn lovers. All right, let's give yeah, you another. So, what, so what are you going to hand out? You're going to hand out brisket tacos? No, that's the house next door is giving out. Probably we're a bit. I'm a big nerds fan, so nerds, right, airheads, right. things like that. You know, and then Reese's. I mean, you can't go wrong wow. with chocolate peanut butter, obviously. So, it. like, yeah, candy corn would be worse than giving out like jewel pods or I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, beer. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, he's, yeah I guess he's sure. right. All right, all right, all right. Let's give it another spin over here. Let's see what we're gonna come up round and round. Oh, all right. Lost in the woods with no cell phone. What do you do, Ryan? Cry for a while, probably, uh, because I am definitely a city boy. And uh, so I'd probably sit there and cry. I'd pray for Bear to come save me. Not a bear, but Bear Griles or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, Bear um, Griles. And, uh, and then I'd probably just slowly die. 
and starve to death. I mean, like, let's just be, I'm just being realistic. I'm not trying to make this like sad or whatever, but I'm just being real. Like, I don't know. I, I would be screwed. It sounds like you're just going to curl up in a fetal position and say, I forget it. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm hoping somebody will hear me cry. Like if somebody's just hearing me cry, maybe like they're walking on a path or something, then they come save me. That's pretty much my only hope. (laughs) Wow. What's in your cup over there, Ryan, by the way, it's just, just water. I got my, uh, you know, Tampa Bay Rays. I'm like hoping we can pull off these next two wins here. But uh, so I just got water in my cup. I got to stay hydrated. Yeah. How did last night work out for you? Not, not very well. Thank you for asking Timothy. That was an amazing play when he was running home. The guy tripped, right? He like yeah. got faked out. He tripped. The guy missed the bag. The catcher missed the bag. It was beautiful. It was great. Yeah, it was a crazy ending. I was freaking out. My wife was like on the couch, just beside me like what the heck is wrong with you well Brian, <laughs> wow wayne craig is here he's i think he's laughing about your method for eating tacos as is uh as is Rhonda. and jake mcleod says what's up ryan ryan i think we have to are we just going to take one letter off each guest's name next so will, yeah. will we have yan schreiber on next yeah yeah okay. and then like ann will round us out on the show yanni schreiber would be next <laughs> yeah well ryan if you could tell uh, the what the truck community one thing right now before we let you go what would it be uh, you know, it's it like especially because it's election season. There's a lot of animosity out there. Just be good to each other. Like you know, it's a spooky season, but let's be good to each other. Yeah. Amen, brother. Especially right. with Wayne out there, man. You know, Wayne's a good advocate for that stuff. Yeah, it's a shame you died in the woods, though. Yeah, well, you know, you can't win them all. Can't win them all. Jake McLeod said he'll buy you a Boy Scout manual and a compass. Now, were you ever a Boy Scout? No, no, God, no. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to guess no oh, with his answer that. to that question. They, I was going to say no. They don't let one into the Boy Scouts. I was in the, I was in the Boy Scouts. I was in the Boy Scouts for like one year. I didn't do well though. It's too authoritarian, you know. Yeah, I don't like listening to people yeah. that much. And yeah, yeah, me neither. Once sure. I was, once I lost the Pinewood Derby, I was out. I was out of the Scouts. Yeah, I couldn't handle it either. I'm a nonconformist all the way. Yeah, There's I was no just way. there for the for the Pinewood Derby. All right, hey Ryan, thanks again for joining us. We got to play it forward, so yeah, we're going to let you go. Take it easy. Bye, everybody. Um, Wayne Craig says he was laughing at his no cell phone service. Wayne, what would you do in the woods? Wayne will tell us. Hey, Jeff Boswell, what's up, man? You're going to play it forward with us, and you're going to give us maybe some uh, recruiting hacks. But wait, hold on. I almost almost skipped this one, and I shouldn't. It's our mid-show, oh, Freitos yeah, Reed. Now, you might be stuck working remotely, maybe in the woods like Ryan. Mm-hmm. But as the world goes digital, it's time for every aspect of your business to catch up, even your international freight. That's right. Freightos.com propels business growth with smoother shipping solutions, allowing you to compare, book, and manage your shipments all in one place. Plus, with reviews by fellow importers and transportation performance tracking, you can ship with a lot of confidence. As a What the Truck listener, you're going to get $100 towards your first shipment of $1,000 or more, just go to Fredos.com slash WTT and use the code Freight Podcast to sign up. That is FR8 Podcast for how much? $100 off your first shipment, yeah. my friend. Bam. There you go. Go get it. Mary Bam. Ellen says, uh, bring a bag of candy corn in the woods. She can feed it to the bears. I get it. Oh, then you trap the bear when he's busy eating that. I'm bringing Ryan Schreiber. Didn't we, uh, didn't we talk about this before where the, didn't Colorado or somebody say, Hey, don't, don't offer your friend up as, you know, like yeah. a gift to the bear to get away. Yes. 
Yeah, the I, that would have been Ryan. You would have just been like, okay. Well, like he would have been pushed down. He probably would have been tripped. Yeah. Can we bring, let's bring Jeff Boswell up. He's from uh, Universal Capacity Solutions at Universal Logistics Ooh. Holdings, Inc., and he's got an axe in his hand. So it, it seems like you're ready, willing, and able. So before we even get into anything, should we let you hit it? Can you hear that? Did you hear that? Yeah. We yeah. did. Looks like All he's right. got a Gibson in his All hand right. there. Pretty guitar. All right, I got a little, a little loop, just kind of mellow, very laid back. If you can imagine here that it's not a crazy Monday morning, this is pretty uh, laid back. You can still play cowbell if you'd like. That's okay. That's no problem at all. So. Man, we were the just we were just starting so, uh, to get into it. I was I was thinking of lyrics the whole time. I came with the Lady of the Lake, but my cohort <laughs> over here, uh, I liked yeah, it. Okay, there's a lady who knows. It's not Led Zeppelin song. Yeah, that no. is not Lady of the Lake. But <laughs> all right, hey Jeff, what's up, man? What's up? You uh, you were playing a little guitar for us. You're here to play it forward, and you're but you're also a recruiter. So you're like the Pied Piper of people. Yes, absolutely. So the number one name of the game to me is relationships with universities. If you want to talk about, uh, for lack of a better word, hacks, anybody that you get to know that's maybe even a sophomore, we have a program here to where they can come and shadow as an underclassman and check out and see what it's like. Because for anyone that's interested in a career in logistics, they need the opportunity to see what's going to be a fit for them. We're evaluating folks that are interviewing with us, but they're also evaluating the companies that they may want to work for. Because if you're going to go to work on Monday, you want to at least be excited about it. So that's pretty important to have that chance early on in the college career to go shadow at a place. Uh, we, we invite everyone. Excellent. So, uh, Jeff, can you give us, uh, give us some resume tips for our audience that want to get into supply chain? You know what? I think any type of extracurricular activity where you show where you provided value to someone else that goes a long way, especially volunteer work. That's huge for us. Uh, but mainly personality, if someone's going to be in third-party logistics, you can imagine the type of day they're having in terms of conflict management, uh, conflict resolution, negotiation, relationship development. So it's really all about the personality. Uh, resume, is, of course, is important. You wouldn't want a five-year gap in between two jobs, but a lot of folks that are coming out of college obviously don't have that. So we want to get to know someone as people, and uh, can they take the uh, topsy-turvy world that they're getting ready to walk into? Uh, definitely an emotional intelligence thing. So if you have one of those gaps, uh, you probably wouldn't recommend lying, but what, what, do you, what do you put there? I mean, is it, if you do have a gap for, I don't know why, you, for what, maybe you went backpacking around Europe. I'm not really sure what you did, but should you put that there? I mean, I imagine that would be good experience, backpacking through Europe. 
Yeah, I would say, yeah, be transparent on there. There's a lot of folks that apply for positions that say, I didn't feel like this activity or this job was important enough to put on the resume, but I'm saying, hey, why not? We, we get a timeline of, of what all they've done just so we can get an idea of what their experience is. And there's no, nothing that's uh, too minimal in terms of showing off your experience. A lot of folks are shy about that, but I say, you know, I want to know everything about the person. Wait, even if they play guitar, what if they play it? Should they put that down? That's probably more important here because we have a yearly battle of the bands uh, that we dedicate as part of our philanthropy at Exit In, and that's probably, especially wow. if they're a keyboard player. When Phil Moody worked here, he's part of y'all's team now, the first day that he started, everyone was fighting over him because he played keyboards, and he was the only keyboard player potentially to be hired uh, for a couple of years. So it makes a huge difference depending on what, what instrument you play. There you go. Wow. Yeah, put it on there. Oh, no. You never know who's going to want that, yeah. right? Yeah. We, we need to, now we need <laughs> yeah, to do like a live show from their Battle of the Bands. I didn't even know oh, that yeah, they were we doing got, this. We thing. definitely have to. Yeah. We're going to have to. Yeah. We're going to have yeah. to do that. We're shooting so, for March. Shooting for March. Hopefully, uh, Exit will be back open. So, Jeff, I learned on very, very learned very, very early on in my career that that in logistics, especially, uh, you know, the the star situation, action, and result, and uh, the interviews that I went through took actually uh, three days, two hours each day, exact same questions. But they're always looking for a situation, action, and result. And I thought that was excellent. I've always ta- taken that. I've taken that with me as I interview new employees and and potential new hires. Is that something you should be leaning towards, even in your resume or during your interview? Is that explaining my your situations, your actions, and your results? I would say so. One of, one of the biggest questions that we ask, and I don't think I'm talking out of school because I think a lot of companies are starting to ask this question now, is like, describe the toughest period of time in your life. And when you look back on that period, how do you see it now? And a huge indicator of what they're willing to work through, how much perseverance that they have as an individual and kind of get to know the person a little bit better. It's amazing what folks tell me you would never know from looking at them what kind of obstacles they've been able to surmount. And asking that question tells a lot. It's a little weird if somebody says, uh, and I've only had two people out of thousands say, oh, I've never had a hard time in life. Hmm. It's kind of weird if somebody says that because it's just not true. Because if they get ready to walk into transportation, they're going to be in for some challenges. That's part of what people love about this job. It speaks to their problem-solving aspect of their own personality. You get to do that all day. Yeah, a lot of people try to, they're afraid to show flaws or afraid to show, to show failure, but without showing failure, you can't show how you put solutions into yeah. action and, and how you've developed and how you've grown to be a better person. I mean, people who are vulnerable in interviews are always the best ones, too. I would, I would agree, instead of just yeah, spouting absolutely. out a bunch of features or you know, reading a script, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah, Jeff, you, thank you. Uh, yeah. Jeff, how do people reach out? How do they learn uh, more information? How do they get involved with Universal? You could go to Ship With You, and that's a capital letter U, shipwithyou.com. And if you're interested in applying, we're actually hiring brokers and carrier services team members. We're also hiring for an international position in Windsor, Ontario. And you can actually apply on the website. You put your first last name and your email address, and then we'll send you the next step and get started. Wow. Well, fantastic. I, I'm glad you filled in the gap uh, that Phil had left when he'd come over here to, to Freight Waves. I hope you, you found a new keyboard player. If not, you play keyboards, want to get into 3PL. Reach out to those guys. They are, they're looking, and, you know, you'll have a job before Christmas. Yeah. Make Good sure you mention that keyboard. Boom. Take it easy, man. We appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me. You guys take care. Bye.
Thanks, Jeff. Well, good time with him. You know who we're going to call out now? It's not... Uh, it is not Yan or Schreiber? Ann Schreiber. Oh, no, no, it's no. Alyssa Myers. She, we're oh, calling okay. her. She's director of product management over at XBO. We're going to dial out to her on the phone. See what's uh, cracking down in uh, with XBO. Hi, hey. you've reached Alyssa. I can't take your call right now, but if wow, you need busy. your name and number, I'll call you back as soon as oh. I can. Thanks. Let's try her. Let's try her again. Let's try her one more time. Apparently hey, things Alyssa. Are, things are very busy at XBO. Things could be very busy. <laughs> this is Alyssa. Yeah, hi, right. Alyssa. This is uh, Dooner and the Dude on What the Truck. You're live on the air with us. Hey, how's it going? It's uh, it's it's going good. We're glad to have you on the air. We um, uh, where where are you uh, where are you out of right now? I'm actually in Columbus, Ohio. Wow. Oh, all well, right. Well, great. We were just talking. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, we were just talking to Columbus, Ohio, at Rickenbacker Airport. The guys <laughs> over there. Well, you've worked. You've worked for over five years. You're right with with XBO and a bunch of different divisions. So you've gotten to see a little bit of the the inside and out of it. Um, so we're going to get some great perspective from you today. Absolutely. Happy to provide that. Excellent stuff, Alyssa. So let's dive in a little bit. And you, you've had a lot of exposure over years in, in different modes at, at XBO. Um, so let's talk a little bit. What themes do you hear from shippers when it comes to their technology needs? Sure. That's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, the most common theme I hear really, I would say across the board, is actually trust. And surprisingly enough, trust isn't always, you know, the first word that a lot of people associate with technology. So um, but when we talk about tech, we tend to focus on features and what it does. But, you know, we're a partner, XPO is a partner to our shippers first and foremost. So really building capabilities in our tech that give our shippers that sense of trust, be it reliability on capacity or pricing or analytics. Um, that's really our North Star. So. Wow, well, that's an interesting perspective. And we've had a few XBO people on here before. We had Lou and, and Yoav, and obviously we've heard from Bradley Jacobs doing keynotes and stuff. But mm -hmm. Lou and Yoav have both mentioned XBO Connect. Can you tell us more about how XBO Connect helps to build trust with your shippers? Absolutely. I'm glad you asked. Um, you know, shipment visibility and tracking is critical for, you know, earning the trust of our shippers. We're essentially the caretaker of their property as they're moving it across the country or even across the world. So um, we have great tools built in to connect, to, to notify them not only about the location of their freight, but also if their shipments approaching bad weather or traffic incidents. And these capabilities have been super helpful to our shippers and carriers during the pandemic and um, during this extremely active hurricane season we've had this year. So um, the other thing I'd also say is, you know, we provide to, we strive to provide that trust too, um, just in giving our shippers different shipping and pricing options on XPO Connect. So the current market is a perfect example of why it's really important to be able to, you know, shift your volume between spot and contract and Connect really allows them um, to do this really seamlessly. So in addition, I, you know, we offer both truckload and less than truckload services. And, you know, since COVID caused a lot of really dramatic fluctuations in inventory for a lot of our shippers, um, having that ability to only pay for that full truckload when they really need it, it's been a game changer for some. Okay. Oh, wow. So it lets you book LTL. That's, that's pretty cool. Can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. We can, we can, we can use, move your LTL freight using Connect. So um, just a little bit of backstory, XPO Connect was originally built with the, the needs of our larger shippers in mind. But as we began to work with a lot of small and medium-sized shippers, we quickly realized that they had a need for, you know, more shipping options, specifically 
um, in the LPL space. So we've seen a really strong response to this new offering across the board. Um, just in the last two months, our LPL volume from XPO Connect, it's, it's really increased significantly. So the other thing I'll add to you, I know when Yoav was on, he talked a little bit about our Connect API offering. Um, and we actually support this LPL offering through our APIs um, as well. But in short, the way this works in Connect is shippers can go in, they can view their rates um, for all the major LPL carriers, they can select their desired carrier, and then basically book the load with just a few clicks. So the other thing I'll call out too is uh, we also have some great self-service reporting tools, which really allow our shippers to build their own custom reports and dashboards that looks across multiple shipments and modes. So they can really monitor their entire transportation portfolio um, on their own terms in a way that really works best for them. Yeah, you know, it's really important to uh, build an experience based on the customer customer's needs. And I, I like that you guys are doing that. Have you had to change or add any features of, of Connect uh, due to this pandemic and what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. And as we all experience on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, I think the biggest change is obviously social distancing and just trying to make things as contactless as, as possible. So because COVID's really increased awareness around the need for this contactless experience, um, we've we've included new functionality in, in XPO Connect to really allow shippers and carriers to access and download critical documents from anywhere where historically, you know, those documents were a lot of times passed off in person and things like that. So um, in addition, we've also added um, some some neat COVID um, dashboards that really provide, you know, daily alerts that are issued by the state, provinces, countries, and even transportation infrastructure sources like municipalities and airports. So, and the other thing I'll add on, of course, is that this is all free to our shippers, um, you know, really as part of the value of working with us. So it's just another way we, tr- we really strive to build that trust I was talking about earlier. Yeah, that's wicked cool. So uh, anything else on the XPO Connect roadmap that you'd like to mention? Sure, uh, definitely. (laughs) Um, You know, I would say if there's one thing we can count on in 2021, it's probably the fact that it's going to be just another year of uncertainty. So um, we're really focused on adding features and service offerings that allow our shippers to deal with that uncertainty with a lot of confidence and flexibility. So um, getting a little bit more specific in that, um, we'll be providing them with proactive information on price changes, as well as new options for managing their carrier preferences and things like that. So, And the other thing I'll add to is while we have a lot of amazing features available for, for shippers to take advantage of, we also offer a lot of customized transportation solutions to really fit their unique needs. We know no two shippers are alike, and we take a lot of pride in our ability to effectively service their differences. Sounds like you got a really exciting year ahead, Elisa. Thanks for uh, taking the time to tell us more about XBO Connect. Uh, but since we have just a few minutes left, I'd like to ask you one more question. Uh, what have you enjoyed the most about working at XPO? Yeah, you know, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, I would say thinking about that, the, the first thing that really comes to mind is, you know, the diversity of our people really from our executive leadership team um, to our amazing reps, everyone at XPO really brings their own distinct experiences, which makes us, um, I think, the most effective team. And it's really incredible to get to work with these people every day. And, uh, you know, sticking with the theme of diversity, I'd also, you know, mention that there's a ton of exciting diversity in the work that we're doing. Um, I personally love the fact that no two days look the same at XPO. 
we're always pursuing new challenges and opportunities and in really creative ways. So, but yeah. I really appreciate the opportunity to, you know, share more about XTO with you. Um, I'd encourage folks to, to go to connect.xto.com to check that out and, you know, learn, learn more about what I talked about today. So yeah, she, she said every day is different. How often do you get to come on what the truck, right? That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for your time too. Thanks Alyssa. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. At XTO yeah, Connect. absolutely. A lot absolutely. of, uh, they're always up to so much, you know. Meaty, <laughs> busy company over there. Are. XBO. There's always there's always something new coming down the pipeline. It's always something exciting, and they're also one of those companies that when something new comes out, they can really change the direction of uh, how LTL and you know other types of phrases. Oh yeah, move. absolutely. Yeah, they've got a very long arm. Yeah. All right. We we <laughs> don't sure. have um we don't have Emily's ink here today, so we're gonna do a little big oh, deal, little deal with without her. Uh, here's the first one. I don't know if you heard this story over the weekend, right? But this is a wild. This is almost like a Batman like villain plot with I don't know. Oh, really? It, it, sounds, uh, okay. it sounds a little uh, like out of a comic book. But I'm intrigued. The Wall Street Journal reported that the government was considered launching a $250 million program where, get this, Mall Santas would get early vaccina- vaccinations, but the, uh, the plan was scrapped. And not everyone's happy about it. Rick Irwin, who's the chairman of the Fraternal Order of Real Beer... Bearded Santas, and I think we have a picture of him. He's from the Fraternal Order of Real Bandit Bearded Santas, called this news extremely disappointing. He looks pretty credible to me. Is this a big deal or a little deal? Forbes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Rick Irwin of Forbes. you know what? I wish it was. I mean, it's kind of like who who killed it? The Winter Warlock, or or was it what, the uh, program? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the year without a Santa Claus. <laughs> I, well, I don't know. So the, what happened was like the the article that I was talking about was a little bit more more nuanced than we can do on this show. They I were saying right. that right. there was a, a political component. So House Democrats were not yeah. a fan of this. They're like, well, we don't want you politicizing it through Santa's. My my thinking on this is that if you're in a situation where like you think you have, but also by, by the way, we're, there's a vaccine. That's news to me. Yeah, that's so news hope, to I, me I, too. The vaccine I, is our idea out. I, I don't, hope I, this I, was true, so we'd have the vaccine. But I don't know. I mean, I could see it causing a lot of problems, allowing mall Santas to jump the line to get vaccines. How good of an idea is it to have? A mall, people sitting on Santa's lap during the height of flu season and COVID season too. <laughs> it seems like you could have a lot of problems here, but like yeah. you know, we don't. Sometimes we don't think about these things. We don't think about the fraternal order of real bear, bearded Santas and how this might impact the Santa Claus. This also sounds like a great plot for Bad Santa Three. Yeah, like, it sounds like a really good. Yeah, <laughs> like really Billy does. Bob, yes, he like just comes back. Not this time, not to do a heist. Yeah. This time, just to jump the line and get a COVID vaccine. You know, oh, no, they, no, they're, they're in breaking, they're breaking then, into cold storage, the cold chain, and they're stealing yeah. that vaccine, man. Selling it on a black market. No, no. What? That's what they're gonna do. Okay. Yeah, in bad Santa three. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, yes, yes. Yeah, that's it. They're going to replicate it. But getting it. back to big deal, little deal, you know, it's one of those things. It's touchy-feely. You really want the kids to have Santa Claus move forward. Yeah. So the first thing you think of is, you know, they should do that. But, you know, wait a minute. There's no vaccine, and, and this is actually something serious. Well, right? there, in so. this alternate reality, there is a vaccine, but the Santas get it first. Yeah, no, I don't. I, even if we really had it, I, 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 I love Christmas season yeah. dearly, but I'm going with uh, frontline um, medical and then logistics. Yeah. 
I would think so. That's that's I mean, wrong. When you have to go that's to court, also they said they said this went to court, right? So there's someone like literally arguing in a court of law that Miss Claus, the elves, and Santa, because all, all of those would be inoculated, right? They would all get the vaccine. Yeah, the, the elves. But you have to argue that in court. You have to be like Miss Claus needs it too. Well, sure, she's going to have to. Well, yeah. No, you, you, and, the, and all the elves. Yeah. The reindeer. reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> it can get yeah, messy. It's a mess, dude. It's a mess. So here, here's one. So the Georgia police are using lasers to nab tailgating truckers. They're using LIDAR yeah. to show how close that the, the, the trucks are to uh, to another truck, potentially, or, or four-wheelers. Uh, and then they're citing them for it. Hmm. Yeah. Is that a big deal or a little deal? Uh, I mean, how is it? It's just in Georgia. And it's That's just like the way one, I understand it. Yes. Like it's a pilot program that yeah. they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was reading some of the comments on Facebook from drivers and they were like, well, I bet that four wheeler just pulled in front of them. And they were kind of bringing up, well, how long had this been a tailgate situation? Yeah. Um, how slow were the two cars going? There's still not enough information there. But, you know, let's say it's tailgating. I don't know. Like, do you eyeball it or do you use, do you use laser? Do you need laser? Like, and you're automating it, you need laser. Like, why can't you just eyeball it? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why. La- I, I don't know. I guess it's, it's, it's a, an exact measurement, yeah. and you've got it recorded. But then again, they showed a picture of a truck that they, was it, 0.3 meters away, which is, what, approximately a foot? Yeah. Behind, behind the car. That was too close. Uh, but even, even then, the comments on it are, are valid. Did yeah. the car cut him off? Yeah, I don't know. You, you know how long was behind him? Did he move immediately from it? Why is the car driving so slow and and they're not in the right hand lane? Yeah, <laughs> Wayne, if you're in the, right let's ask Wayne. Wayne, if you're in the comments, what do you think? Should we be using laser to monitor tailgaters? I, I imagine it would work both ways. They said it's for truckers, but I imagine they might use these on on cars as well. I, have I think no if idea. You, I think if you can expand it to be accurate measurements and you get a video and and actually look at these things and then I think you've got something good because how many times does a truck get faulted for an accident but they're trying to avoid some crazy nut in a four-wheeler? Yeah. Uh, you know. And it's one of those situations where maybe tech can solve it, maybe maybe it can't. Right now I'm kind of team eyeball. I think you got to eyeball because yeah. you need all the other information that goes around. You need the context. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Little deal at this point. Well, here, this might be a big one. This is a big one for uh, maybe your daughters right here or people who go to, I don't know, adult clubs or something. I have no idea. <laughs> Glitter bands. Glitter is the new enemy. Glitter is the new enemy of the people, right? Glitter bands are it's picking. always been an enemy to the people. <laughs> Glitter bands are picking up as retailers look for ways to reduce their environmental impact. Yeah. Glitter tells the truth, bro. <laughs> uh, you know, look, it, it's a big deal. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, you think it's a small thing. It's glitter. But you're talking about microplastics, as they call them, which are the, I mean, they don't have to be microscopic, but, yeah. you know, size of a, a grain of, 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 of rice or something like this. Right. There's millions and millions of tons of this that that come from glitter, but then from other plastics being broken down that go into our oceans constantly. And I mean, they're finding it in uh, in, in sea animals that are yeah. ingesting this. And it's and it's a major problem and uh, uh, not just glitter, but all of this stuff and it and to me the bigger deal is this shows the strain that we have as a society to take these things kind of seriously and do something about them because who wants to not have glitter on christmas yeah I, well you know we used to just to put you tinsel know? did you used to put tinsel on your christmas oh yeah tree? yeah yeah absolutely yeah, we did too I, I don't see tinsel as much anymore and i remember like the big fear was like don't let your pet eat it because it'll come out in their poo 
Well, wasn't it lead-based at one point? <laughs> I think it was. I mean, it definitely isn't good for you. I imagine consuming glitter or consuming tinsel probably As many would things not were be. when I was a kid, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they used to, like, you know, they just let, used to let us have that. Yeah, we used to use tinsel quite, quite a bit, and it yeah. would stick to you and I mean, because of the static electricity. But, you know, so I think it's a, it's a big deal because it's, it's kind of illustrative. It illustrates the fight that we kind of have, even with ourselves. You know, I, I want to be responsible steward of the of the world and, and the planet and, and recycle and do things, but that's not convenient. And I want to have that glitter, you know, it's kind of that struggle. Yeah. I mean, look, is glitter the biggest thing though? Like when you no. talk, when you talk, like, and that's, that was the point of the article I was reading on it. That was in Bloomberg about it was that saving the bed and glitter won't save the oceans. It's just more posturing. Cause there's so many other areas where there's all this plastic being produced, causing environmental impacts, uh, COVID-19 has probably been the biggest enemy of the environment in a lot of ways. If you remember reusable straws, reusable packaging, uh, not giving people bags was like super yep. in vogue right up until this. Uh, and now look at all like the masks, like recycle these masks that we're throwing away every uh, every few hours. Absolutely. Well, days. e-commerce is not uh, particularly friendly to the to the economy unless no. you got people who are, you know, like using or going towards the electrified, you know, powertrains and, and so on. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a financial reason to make the, the package that uh, a good comes in smaller, but then that still goes into the box that they're individually shipping it to your house. So, right. yeah, you save up on some packaging space when you're talking about packing them all together. But then you're adding exponentially so much more when you're just mailing these out to people's houses. Yeah, we had so we had Michelle Livingstone from Home Depot on a, a couple months back, and she were talking about their green initiatives and the, the I think it was like twenty percent or something like that, uh, reducing their carbon footprint just from efficiencies in truckload and packing the trucks fuller. Yeah, right. And and now when you get into second day uh, deliveries and that type of stuff, you're really reducing the potential to utilize the capacity on that vehicle, and that that produces more miles and produces more carbon footprint. And, Wow. So Wayne Craig says tailgating is so dangerous. He, he Wayne is a truck driver. He would be for he, these, uh, this laser monitoring, this laser censoring of our highways on tailgating. It's that big of a, an issue out there. And, you know, I guess wow. you're a good driver. You don't have anything to worry about. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he, you know, if, if like I think if we said I think he'd support something that's going to give a little bit more evidence and just a screenshot. and You don't know what happened right before that. Right. Because yeah. even Wayne Craig could be the victim of somebody just jumping right in front of him and boom, the, the policeman nails that picture. And then he's like, wait a minute. I, I Yeah. Well, hey, folks, a whole new week on Freight Waves. If you caught our Cold Chain Summit on Friday or you missed any of it or you missed all of it, go to Freightcast. We're uploading all of those sessions from that uh, lively event, including the What the Truck that we had there. That was a great one, just digging deep in the nuance of the cold supply chain vaccine delivery. We got into fast food delivery with John Brewer. It was uh, it was a good time. All that stuff is, is free. Look up Freightcast and your favorite podcast player of choice. You get every single Freight Waves podcast. And you'll find out, uh, what, 15 and a half days, 16 days of uh, just straight content. It'll take you 16 days. That's what they're... That's my last count. Yeah, that's how I get people to talk now. <laughs> Forget waterboarding. I just start playing the Freightcast feed from start to finish. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> you'll tell me all your tales now. Where have you been when you find the glitter on them late at night? Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Timothy Duner. That's D double O N E R. You can find him at Vincent the Dude. Uh, connect with us online. Uh, continue the conversation. Freightways.com. New stories breaking every single hour of the day. Thank you all in the comments here for joining us. And thank you to our sponsors, Triumph Pay and uh, Freightos. 
What did you so learn you, today? Uh, wow. I learned that uh, Tennessee um, isn't as cool as I thought it was with the, with the candy corn. And yeah. I did not, did not see Texas coming with uh, candy corn, nor California with lifesavers. What is that all about? And that's another one where it's like, are they individual lightsabers? Like you just pull it out of your pocket. It's got lint on it. It came out of your grandmother's pocketbook. Like, you know, when you ask for I, a starlight I, mint I, in church. I, I, I thought California would like be like... Wasabi coated peas or something like that would be good. Might be a good one. I don't know. Yeah. Kale. Well, hey, everyone, thanks for taking some time to spin it with us. Spin the wheel. Thank you to all our guests. Thank you to everyone else. This has been What the Truck. Take care. Good night. Good luck. Peace and love, love everybody.